0: Have you noticed how, when someone gets into trouble, she or he tends to wind up with very few real friends? I'm not thinking about someone facing regular challenge here, job loss, bereavement, bad diagnosis. We all rally around our friends, at least for a while, with those kind of clouds on the horizon. I'm talking about those times when the person under consideration seems culpable in some way for her or his dilemma. I'm talking about the third time he loses his job, or when her marriage is coming to an end and we've all witnessed risky, flirtatious behaviour. I'm talking about how quickly we will criticise a president we have supported in the service of seeming more reasonable or relatable to those with whom we generally disagree. Clergy certainly not immune when things go wrong for any of us. Colleagues can seem few and far between when out of sight means out of mind. None of us really ever think it will be us who will turn out to be the fair-weather friends that we all dread discovering. But we don't really know until the time comes, do we? Then there are also the times when we are the ones who find ourselves going it alone by choice. When we find ourselves at odds with our friends in some way and decide to act in a way that we know will garner disapproval or or resistance, or blame, or worse. Those are the times when we act independently, do something of which our parents would disapprove perhaps, vote for a candidate other than the one most of our own group likes, express a minority opinion at a party. Any such stepping out will likely mean that once again we will find ourselves alone in some way, blamed for any misfortune which might come our way, criticized as only the progenitor of anxiety in others can be criticized. These kinds of complex relationships filled with all the little ways that we do violence to one another are all on display as Jesus nears the end of his life. When we say that Jesus died for our sins, at least part of what we mean is that he died as a consequence of all these mechanisms we have for managing our way through the challenging relationships of our lives, consider: we hear of friends having supping together, and Jesus is aware that not everyone is fully on board with his apparent unwillingness to engage violent conflict with the authorities. Mark does not try and give account of Judas's motives for his betrayal, but we can easily imagine that he believed the movement was in fact being betrayed by Jesus that his expectations and hopes were being dashed, that Jesus was getting just too weird, and they were all going to be victims of his craziness if they were not careful. Perhaps Judas is a little like some of those Episcopalians who cannot stand many of the changes that have happened in church and society in recent decades, and who justify schismatic behavior, saying the Episcopal Church has left them, and it is the Reformers who are schismatic. I believe they're wrong but I'm not unsympathetic and nor am I without sympathy for Judas. I don't know when the time comes for sure that that will not be me. Maybe he did not know he was going to be the one to portray Jesus as they all said, surely not I. But when Jesus started in on saying the Passover bread was his body And when they understood that he was claiming to be the fulfillment of all that was promised in the Exodus, all that was understood by the idea of the promised land, that he was claiming that was now found in relation with him, that was just a bridge too far. He had lost the plot completely, and now they had better save themselves. I can understand Judas thinking like that. No one was going to stand for this kind of heresy. The outcome of this kind of thought was inevitable. Maybe Judas worried about what the other disciples would think of him. Maybe he thought they were saps. Either way, he decided to act alone and betray his leader with a cowardly kiss. Peter had no such qualms. He was the rock after all. No way was he going to be the one. But Jesus knew how we tend to behave when the heat is on. Anxiety leads quickly to self-preservation. And he told Peter that even he, Peter, was not immune from these fundamental human reactions to the kind of challenge with which Jesus was to present them. Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all of them said the same. And all of us said the same. It did not take long for the separation to begin. The first step is so often avoidance of difficulty and one sure far way to avoid challenge is to fall asleep. Don't you get drowsy when you don't want to do something? We talk about things that give us energy and things that deplete our energy. In the face of the latter, we often get sleepy. Neither Peter nor James nor John could resist their droopy eyelids while Jesus prayed alone in the garden. And here in the middle these little betrayals, Jesus is fundamentally alone. And here in the middle of all these little betrayals, Jesus comes to terms, finally and fully, with what he has to do. Is there some other way, O God? Remove this cup from me. You can do it, Father, yes? And yet there in the silence of the garden at night, his closest friends asleep Jesus comes to terms with the consequences of his own integrity and his willingness to trust God for life, even in the face of inevitable pain and degradation and death. How else might all those betrayals be shown for what they were and what they are to this day? The betrayals are mechanisms for dealing with anxiety. We all do it, creating scapegoats, blaming others for our feelings managing the feelings by getting rid of those we believe have given offense. That's what the authorities are going to do with Jesus. He's stirring things up and he might upset the fragile balance, political balance, which helps them manage their lives. That's what Judas is going to do with his kiss. He'll protect himself by neutralizing what he believes to be the threat. Even Peter who has yet to discover his own capacity for self-preservation at the expense of another, will participate in the sin of the world that led this man of absolute integrity to his death. Jesus is clearly a man in trouble. His friends are sleeping. will soon desert him altogether. But not before the authorities come in the dead of night with swords and clubs and not before there is a violent skirmish, and not before all of our humanity is exposed in the person of a young man who left his linen cloth and ran away naked. We stand exposed, naked, and we must bear the rest of this story in shame.